0: Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it's Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week, and I would like to thank both Air Canada and United for losing my luggage on my flight back, so I don't have my normal setup and tripod and all of that, so I'm recording this through Zoom, so I hope it's coming out okay, seems okay when I'm checking the levels, but anyway... That's not what we're talking about. We've got breaches to go through. It's been a busy week. And before I get started, I'd like to thank the following people that sent me a good chunk of this information. And that would be Chris Fellon, Alexander Howe, Charlie Northrup, and Aaron Lacks. Guys, thank you very much. And if you have a tip for me, please send it my way and I'll give you a shout-out both here and on my Nationally Syndicated Radio Show as well. And with that, no time to lose, let's start with Magellan Health. Now, here's an update on their ongoing situation. They have agreed to pay breach victims $1.4, uh, $1.43 million to resolve claims that it allegedly in had allegedly inadequate security enabled basically on undetected phishing attacks and subsequent data breaches in 2019. Now, Magellan is a third-party healthcare vendor that provides managed care services for health plans and other healthcare entities across the U.S. and had a lot of breaches, obviously, that they had to essentially, or rather third parties, had to come out and talk about. So Magellan Health, uh, if you have a, an organization that uses them in your life, you may be entitled to compensation. Moving on, let's talk about Family Health Centers in Texas. They operate a network of four primary care clinics in Amarillo and Canyon, and they disclosed a the health care breach to H.A. Now, the breach impacted 233,948 individuals in total, and FMC discovered suspicious network activity on July 26th. They say they stopped that the same day but we potentially have names, mailing addresses, social security numbers, dates of birth, and protected health information impacted. So heads up to you, Family Health Centers of Texas patients. Moving on, let's talk about Swatch City in India. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. A threat actor by the name of LeakBase has shared a database containing the personal information allegedly affecting 16 million users of Swatch City, an Indian complaint uh, redressal platform. So there you go. Now, what we're talking about are usernames, email addresses, password hashes, mobile number uh, numbers, one-time passwords, last login times, and IP addresses being captured by LeakBase. So heads up to you if you use Swatch City out of India. Moving on, let's talk about Physicians Business Office because they filed an official notice of data breach with various state government entities after an unauthorized party was able to gain access to their network. According to uh, Physicians Business Office, the breach resulted in names, addresses, dates of birth, social security numbers, driver's license number, protected health information, health insurance account information, etc., etc., being compromised. They sent out data breach letters to 196,573 people informing them of what they can do. Moving on. Let's talk about Humana and Choice Health. Humana disclosed a third-party data breach to Maine Attorney General's office that impacted 22,767 individuals. This breach originated at Choice Health, which sells Medicare products on behalf of Humana. The other one that had to uh, also disclose as well so far is Anthem Maine Health. We will see uh, if any more are affected, but this looks like a quintessential supply chain breach. Heads up to you, Humana, Choice Health, and Anthem, Maine Health customers or patients. Moving on, let's talk about Country Doctor Community Clinic. This entire week, I swear, has been medical. Not completely, but a lot of medical. Now, they filed... An official notice of data breach with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services after they basically experienced an incident that compromised consumer data, according to them. Now, according to them as well, the breach resulted in the sensitive information of 38,751 people being leaked, and they also sent out breach letters to the affected patients. Moving on, let's talk about the Neurology Center of Nevada, because again, Healthcare is front and center this week. They confirmed that they had a data breach as well. They also followed HHS, and according to them, what we are looking at in terms of patient leaks are full names, addresses, dates of birth, gender, driver's license, social security, health insurance information, medical information, diagnosis, treatment information, lab results, and current medications. They've also sent out letters of notification. Moving on, let's keep it rolling with Northern California Fertility Medical Center, because they also filed a breach, this time with the Attorney General of California, after an unauthorized party attempted to basically encrypt their files, a.k.a. Ransomware attack. And so, what we are talking about potentially is protected health information being compromised, although they did not break it out. They have sent parties to, uh, uh, rather, letters to affected parties as well. And here we are. Moving on, let's talk about mail service vendor K Smith, because in June, they learned that an unauthorized individual had gained access to basically their systems as well. And this resulted in the unauthorized access of patient information. If you didn't think we were stopping with medical, You were wrong. Here we are. So by virtue of this, again, supply chain hit with Kay Smith, Seattle Children's had to declare names, addresses, provider names, medical record numbers, visits, lab information, guarantor numbers, and names of insurance carriers for 6,750 of their patients. And the Danville, Pennsylvania-based Geisinger also had to declare 2,857, though they did not break it out. Consider it to be probably close to what Seattle Children's is doing. So, heads up to you if your provider uses K Smith as their mail vendor, not that you'd probably know. Moving on, let's talk about Suffolk County because now we are switching to government. Basically, they had a a cyber attack targeting their computer systems in several departments. Of Suffolk County, New York, and it shut down many of their services as well as systems. Among those uh, basically affected were computing services handling real estate transactions. Now, as of September 20th, Black Cat has claimed responsibility, uh, basically, and they've been threatening to leak Uh, files which is pretty standard for a ransomware gang and this breach forced pretty much all services impacted to document everything using the old school methodology of pen and paper now this was especially difficult obviously for brokers and mortgage professionals in that county that were uh, basically attempting to close housing contracts submitted prior to that September 8th attack so heads up to you Suffolk County New York citizens and people buying houses there moving on Let's talk about the defense giant Elbit, because Elbit Systems of America, which is a subsidiary of the Israeli defense giant Elbit, has confirmed that they suffered a data breach after a ransomware gang claimed to have hit their systems. In a notification to Maine's attorney general, basically, they said this occurred on June 8th, and it was discovered the same day. They said only 369 people are affected, presumably their employees, and we are talking about the information on those employees with name, address, social security, date of birth, Direct deposit and ethnicity. So heads up to you if you work for Elbit Systems of America. Moving on, I'm going to give you an update on DuPage Medical Group. Uh, basically, they have now agreed to pay $3 million to resolve claims that they failed to protect patient information from a 2021 attack. Now, the sentiment benefit settlement benefits individuals whose personal information was compromised by the DuPage Medical Group. Uh, between July 12th and 13th of last year. So if you are a patient of DuPage Medical Group, you may be entitled to compensation. Moving on, we need to talk about the law firm Reed & Rige. On March 21st, they learned that they basically had been infected with malware, and not much more is this time. But by virtue of that, multiple clients of theirs have had to disclose Or will disclose, and the one we know of thus far is Stafford Springs, Stafford Springs, Connecticut-based Johnson Memorial Hospital. So heads up to you, patients of Johnson Memorial out of Connecticut. Moving on, let's talk about Samsung, the technology giant. Uh, Basically, two Samsung users have filed a class action lawsuit against Samsung for over two data breaches that they had this year in 2022. Now, the 43-page complaint. Filed with the Federal District Court of the Northern District of California claims that Samsung unnecessarily collected user data and then stored and sold it without property security precautions or protections, which led to basically back-to-back data breaches, both of which I reported on earlier. But heads up, Samsung users, uh, if you have a Samsung user account, you may be entitled to compensation if it was created before those breaches. Moving on. I want to give you an update of Bansley and Keener. This is an accounting firm that has now agreed to pay $900,000 to resolve claims it mismanaged a 2020 data breach by waiting a year to inform authorities. Now, the settlement benefits individuals who received a notification from Bainsley and Keener informing them that their information may have been compromised in a 2020 breach. Basically, they're a CPA and advisory firm based here in Chicago, and in December of 2021, they basically announced that they had a breach in 2020, December. So they waited a year, literally, to tell everybody. Not cool, guys, here we are. Moving on, let's talk about Diodes Incorporated because on September 23rd of this year, they confirmed the experience of data breach basically after consumer data entrusted to the company was accessible to an unauthorized party. We don't know much about this this yet, But what we do know is that this breach resulted in names, addresses, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, state ID, health information and insurance information belonging to affected parties was compromised. They're sending out breach letters. So heads up to you. If you have anything to do with Diodes Incorporated, be on the lookout for that letter. Moving on. Let's talk about the Montefiore Medical Center because a research coordinator's USB uh, device was stolen, which exposed the personal information of more than 1,300 patients in the medical center's second data breach this year, and their sixth data breach since September of 2020. Six data breaches in two years. That is so far impacted the total privacy of 12,451 patients. Now, the five incidents preceding this one all involved a now-fired employee, or excuse me, employees that were illegally accessing personal information about patients. And while this latest incident is described as a theft, the research coordinators, whose device was stolen has been suspended for not following monte Fiore's policies according to a uh, private non nonpro- according to the uh, the private nonprofit hospital basically if you 've got patient information anywhere and it 's going to be portal, it has to be encrypted portable it has to be encrypted so if you lose that flash drive, you lose that laptop you 're having a bad day, but you 're not getting people breached monte Fiore. Had those policies apparently according to them in place, and this person didn't uh, didn't adhere to it. You need to train your people. Moving on, let's talk about the CPA or Calgary Parking Authority because earlier this week, CPA interim general manager Chris Blaschuk confirmed that a vulnerability on one of their servers exposed the information of 145,895 customers, despite an earlier statement saying that only 12. Customers had their data compromised. Now, last year, it was found that CPA had left a logging server uh, without a password, which allowed someone to access the network for basically as long as they wanted to on its public-facing IP address. The security research firm ANU Sen first detected this vulnerability and then reached out to TechCrunch to help report this potential breach. Upon TechCrunch's review of the logs recorded on the server, it was found that the customer's information, such as names, birth dates, phone numbers, email addresses, postal addresses, and even parking tickets slash offenses, were exposed. The parking details also gave out customers' license plate information and vehicle descriptions. Most worrying is that the logs also contain partial card payment numbers and expiration dates so heads up to you if you live in calgary or have been to calgary and you have used the calgary parking authority i'm assuming these are parking lots all across the city. Moving on, let's talk about Fast Company because Fast Company took their website offline after it was hacked to display stories and push out Apple News notifications containing obscene and racist comments. Uh, uh, Fast Company did shut it down. Apple News itself had to basically go out and say, hey, everybody, Fast Company has been hacked. They haven't gone crazy here we are. And so heads up to you, Fast Company was hit and they are taking care of it right now. Moving on, I also wanna give you an update from Optus. I talked about this extensively last last year, last week, this was a massive breach at one of the largest telecoms in Australia. And now we've got updates because the fallout has been fast and furious. A federal minister in Australia has now slammed Optus for not being forthcoming with either customers or the government more than a week, basically, after this cyber attack. Now, Tanya Plipspersek, and again, I'm sorry, Tanya, if I'm screwing up your name, the federal minister, said that while people had been receiving their bills on time from Optus, the telco had not actually told their customers Whether their personal details had been breached or stolen, Australia now could have a tough new data protection law in place this year, basically as an urgent response to this cyber attack that basically saw the personal data of 9.8 million customers uh, exposed, which is a significant amount of Australia's population, uh, you know, given their size, uh, population size, I should say, not continent size. So obviously, that's a huge thing. So Australia moving fast to uh, basically enforce new laws uh, for cybersecurity. And honestly, Australia, I wish more countries took a page out of your book when it comes to these kinds of things. And finally, and we have two finalists for you. The first one we're going to be talking about is a multi-million dollar credit card fraud operation that was recently uh, uh, uncovered cannot speak today. Now, basically, this massive operation um, had reportedly siphoned millions of U.S. dollars from credit cards since its launch in 2019 and has been exposed, uh, basically, um, as it's considered responsible for the losses of tens of thousands of victims, meaning millions of dollars have been siphoned from tens of thousands of victims. And this actually is an interesting one. Now, the site operators who uh, is believed to have originated out of Russia, were operating an extensive network of bogus dating and customer support websites and used them to charge credit cards, essentially, that were uh, then bought on the DARPA web now this way the charges appeared legitimate and the websites were not readily approving fund uh, returns on the grounds of fraudulent transactions resulting in the enrichment obviously of the crime syndicate so they were basically buying stolen credit cards on the dark web using those credit cards to charge fake dating websites and customer support sites to get around uh, basically the the checks that a lot of credit card processors have. Now, the discovery and report about the global operation actually comes from researchers at Reason Lab, who then shared their findings with Bleeping Computer uh, before Bleeping Computer uh, basically published this, which is who I'm getting this source from. Now, the operation used two kinds of domains that serve as the basis of the operation. Like I said, dating websites and customer support. And when visiting these sites for these companies of some, at least the alleged dating sites, uh, they found that the corporate uh, sites did not exist or had non-existent mail addresses, such as mail at example.com. So if you went and looked at the dating website and it said, yes, it was owned by X company. If you actually researched that company, essentially there was nothing there. Now, although functional, Those sites don't actually receive noticeable traffic, and they're ranked very low in Google search results. The purpose of the existence of these isn't to draw victims, but to allegedly serve as money laundering channels. Meaning, as you're finding these sites, you're not really inclined to sign up, but they're generating a ton of traffic as they're using stolen credit cards to generate a lot of wealth, essentially cleaning or laundering the money. Now, some of the sites that were disclosed by uh, Bleeping Computers, I was reading this, were AffairAlerts.com, YouLust. Uh, dot com. JadaParks.com, which is a Black and Beautiful dating site. The other two, I think, are self-explanatory xmeets.com. Again, I think self-explanatory as well, and many others. And so there you go. If you are stumbling across, you know, not the Match.coms, not the EHarmony of the worlds.com, you know, or, or any of the other major sites, you really want to do your homework because you might just be simply walking into a money laundering site when you're trying to few, find true love or maybe true love that night. So there you go. That's obviously a huge thing. And finally, finally, we've got one last thing we got to talk about because I think, I think this is beyond important to really emphasize to everybody out there we need to talk about a fired admin or it admin from a company here's what's going on after being laid off an it system administrator disrupted the operations of his former employee basically it was a high-profile financial company in hawaii because he was hoping to get his job back, at least according to him. Now, Casey Ametsu, aged 40, worked as a network admin for this company between 2017 and 2019 when they terminated his contract. Now, the U.S. Department of Justice says in a press release that the defendant pled guilty uh, basically a couple of days ago to accessing his former employee's website, and making configuration changes to redirect web and email traffic to external computers. And I quote the complaint or the statement from the Department of Justice. After using his former employee's credentials to access the company's configuration settings on that website, Umetso made numerous changes, including purposely misdirecting web and email traffic to computers unaffiliated with the company, thereby incapacitating the company's web presence and email, end quote. Now, to prolong the business disruption for several more days, Umetso also performed additional actions that essentially locked out the firm's IT team from the website's administration panel. Ametsu then admitted that his motive for causing this damage was to convince his former employee to hire him back at a higher salary. And now, this is what we are talking about when we talk about insider threat. It's not just those people that will, let's say, uh, steal all of the sales data or competitive intelligence and then go and try to go to the employee as well. We have to make sure that we've got good cyber hygiene, especially around IT admins. Basically, what we're talking about is no one person should have the keys to the kingdom and be the only one. If you have to get rid of an IT admin, there should be other people already that have those logins that are able to disable those things. That under you have to have a lay of the land in terms of asset management to what an IT administrator does and does not have access to. You need to look for change management. When we are breaking into organizations that are hiring us to do these things, one of the things that we will do is spin up fake admin accounts, but make Make them look legitimate, like SQL service, like Microsoft SQL service, and then we will run that basically, or put that in the network. And a lot of IT admins look at that and say, "Oh, well, you know, that's SQL service. It's got to be related to Microsoft SQL or Oracle or you know, whatever the database platform they're running. You know, those kinds of things as well. But we have to have total visibility." into how admins are working. Also, if they have free reign to simply install any kind of remote access utility that they want, meaning, uh, the company uses X, but you know what? I use LogMeIn personally or whatever, so I'm also gonna stick LogMeIn on a server, there you go. Really, what this comes down to is the company did not do their due diligence in terminating this individual to make sure that the the company uh, itself was protected from the individual by excising user credentials, logins, and any other type of avenue this person would have in. Now, most people when fired are not going to do this because they fear repercussions, but this person assuming we're taking them at their word wanted their job back. And so what that means, you know, it's basically anybody uh you know there is, oh, well I'm going to do this because I'm going to show them maybe my prowess or I'm going to I don't know, extort them into into having, you know, getting giving them my job back, whatever that twisted logic is, there are people out there that will do that in the same way that we see a lot of really stupid things done criminally whether they're violent or not by people that Got it in their mind that logically this made sense to them, even though it is against the law. So, you've got to make sure you're protecting from that insider threat. You've got to make sure that while you might love and and, and really enjoy having your IT admin do everything, one person cannot hold the keys to the kingdom. It's so unbelievably important. Something gets lost, something gets missed. Take that to heart. Otherwise, you might end up going down for several days and in lawsuits and criminal charges. And here we are. Those were your breaches of the week. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And also, please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And again, I apologize for the uh, difference in recording here. Thank you very much, Air Canada and United. But as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everyone.